Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 153 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough, and we've got barely enough time to talk about pets at all. So I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined hastily by Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, mate. Good, Robbie. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Thank Good you. Sorry, sorry for the, uh, the, 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 the brusque and, and you know, quick intro. We're uh, sort of in, in and at it pretty quick today. We've sort of managed to find a small window on a Saturday morning to get, some, get, to get a record done, haven't we? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I had a bit of feedback from, uh, from one of the nurses at work that listens. Oh, yeah. Uh, was expecting the, our podcast to be a bit, bit more gritty. Oh, gritty. How, how do we be gritty? How, how can we I, I get did, a grittier podcast? I did try and uh, try and uh, elucidate a little bit more information about the grittiness of the podcast. I think it's along the lines of talk more about vet stuff and less about the footy. I'm pretty sure that's where it, that's where it comes down to. So maybe a, a short one on a Sunday might work did, well. Did, does she mean keep it more focused then rather than gritty? And I'd what? call that on they call more focused, focused on the topic. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But I think I think she also wanted a bit more like, uh, you know, what actually we do at the vet clinic. Like, you know, this case came in and this and that and this and that, where she's sort of like, oh, we talk about the footy and yeah. then we read it, read a couple of articles from the newspaper and then uh, we sign off. And then, and then scratch you later. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Peace well, out. Well, well it, how's, how's this end, how's this gritty then for you, um, uh, Lewis's nurse? So um, the other day we had um, someone ring up and, um, and go, oh, I need to get some more medication. You know, dogs on long-term medications. And, uh, and our, our nurse said, oh, we haven't seen you for eight months, so we need to get you in to, um, to see you again. You know, she's got, no, no, it's the same problem. I can just, I should be able to just get this script refilled out again. And the nurse then went into the thing, no, well, look, you know, legally we need to have your dog under effective veterinary care in order to keep on prescribing it's been over six months and so we need to get your dog the lady on the front chair got do you know how many degrees i've got oh, oh just a little no. bit of a don't oh. you don't you wow. know how smart i am and you're wow. here telling me you know that i need to bring my animal in and when the nurse was telling me that afterwards i said did you ask her if one of them was a veterinary science degree? Because if it was, then she could have prescribed a medication to her own dog and wouldn't have to bug us. But if not, bring your dog in. Wow. Was one of them a, maybe a, a crystal diploma? Oh, it might have been. That we talked about last week. Maybe, maybe. Yes. And that's what, overarching, she could just do it over the phone then. Uh, yeah, she would have been able to activate the crystal over the phone. Maybe that's what she was angling for. Wow, mate. Isn't it interesting? I actually had a, uh, uh, well, sort of, you know, not not the best case this week had a an argument with a client for starters in no. uh, in the consult room. Never a good it start. Was a, yeah, well, yeah, that's gritty. Argument. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. This that's is really trying. gritty. gritty. Yeah. Really, yeah, so it wasn't well. I'd call an argument. He might have just said it was a discussion. Anyway, basically, he was talking about how he's lovely dog, lovely owner, how good his dog was off lead, right, and how he could walk anywhere with the dog. Off lead, didn't use a lead, didn't even bring a lead into the clinic. Oh, you know, it was it was extolling, yeah, the virtues of how wonderful he's. It was a larger dog, I don't know, I don't know what it was, a great Dane cross something. Yeah, how, how, yeah, it would 
it would stop at the the side of the road, you know, anything would not cross the road, blah, blah, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I tried to explain, well, I am a vet. And unfortunately I see maybe once a month dog that is off lead, that's hit by, hit by a car in unfortunate circumstance, blah, blah, blah. You know, wouldn't have a bar of it. You know, so, so you're telling me that I should have my dog on lead. Yes. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you. If you're not an off lead dog park, your dog or at home, your dog should be on lead. Well, he didn't like that at all. And you know, what did I know anyway? And wouldn't you know it, uh, literally three days later, what comes in? Dog hit by a car, screaming, lady running down the road, holding a dog. Oh, God. Someone running in front, runs in the clinic, got a dog hit by a car, you know, runs in, screaming, everyone's, you know, nurse runs out, grab the dog sort of thing. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't a good outcome. Couldn't, you know, we did our best, but couldn't couldn't bring the the um, the dog back. But classic scenario, you know, dog was off lead. And, and, it, you know, a well-trained dog, after talking to the owners, well-trained, yep. but crossing the road, the dog was two meters in front of the owner crossing yeah. the road and a car did a U-turn yep. in front of the, the owners, obviously, but didn't see the dog. Didn't just, see the dog. Just, just, just hit the dog. And, you know, it's one of those things where you just, in your head, I'm like, I'd really like to ring the owner that I've had the discussion with. Yeah. Yeah. And say to him, look, mate, you know, we've just had this, or c- can you talk to this owner to just say, you know, this can happen, but it's a very sensitive area. If people get very, you know, they, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult minefield to walk, to be able to say, we see this, please don't do this, you know, but they, well, they know better. It's, it's like with like with all the stick things when we talk about people throwing dogs for their sticks, you know, like we, you know, we are the ones that pull the sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they, they see a they see a stock a stick out there on the ground, they pick up their dog and throw the dog at it, you know. And then there's a chance that then the then the stick can get a dog caught in its mouth, you know. Then they got to take take it to take it to the stick doctor to try and have the dog removed out of the stick's mouth. No, nice, that's great. Have I got that the wrong way around? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe yes, it is true, isn't it? It is one of those things where until it happens to your dog, a lot of owners don't believe it really, and it, and often it's fatal when it happens to your dog. And it's absolutely preventable by having your dog on a lead. And yeah. as I'm banging the desk here, um, the other thing, because I'm so, I'm, I'm so, you know, fired up about it, mm. uh, Lewis. Um, the other thing is too, is that it's also the law, you know, you have to have your dog on a lead. Otherwise the council can give you a big fine. Council don't give a red rat's bum about how well your dog's trained. Yeah. If your dog's off a lead, you'll get a fine for it. You know, and, to be honest, rightly so, because that person that was driving their car, doing a U-turn, doing absolutely nothing wrong, hit yeah. that per- hit that person's dog, you know, they're, now they're, they're going to be going through the trauma of the fact that they've hit a dog, all because somebody wanted to walk with their dog off a lead. Exactly. It was some sort of status or feeling of, of having a dog with such good control or whatever it is. But it's, it's, it's exactly an example of how just things can happen. You know, dogs dogs get spooked, there's noises, whatever happens, and... and uh, these things just happen. So, yeah, just just not a not a fun little sort of chat, really. No, no. Mm. I'm all sorry I have to go through that. I mean, that's never a uh, ne- never never a, a, a fun. You know, that's never an easy thing. But also, you know, it is difficult when. I mean, sometimes people they do just like to get argumentative as well, and they just yeah. have a bee in their bonnet, and they just go, "No, I'm right. I don't I don't care if it's the day after Monday. If I think it's Wednesday, I'm going <laughs> to argue until I pass out, and it's Wednesday, and there's yeah. no." There's no two yeah. ways about it. Yeah, I say it was an argument. It was a discussion. And I'm sure we left on good terms because I just uh, held my tongue. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Speak, speaking of holding tongues, I've had a lot of trouble with trying to um, hold tongues about uh, about doggy daycares uh, recently. We have, I don't know if um, you guys, have you guys got many um, of your patients to go to doggy daycare around Port Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, you got a, yeah, got a few local, yep. yeah. We have had a deluge of dogs coming in with kennel cough, infectious oh. canine cough from doggy daycare. Wow. Um, Oh mate, it's been it's been oh, at least one every two days, if not one a day, yeah. um, of people coming in with their dogs. Going, oh yeah, the doggy daycare called me and said that oh there was a dog at uh, dog at doggy daycare that had kennel cough, and just to be on the lookout. And then a week later, my dog started coughing. And do you think? Do I think it could be kennel cough? I go, yeah, I think it's pretty good, pretty close. It's going to be kennel cough. Yeah, know? yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, well, certainly, that time, certainly that time of year, isn't it? There's a bit of kennel cough going around. So, well, that, and it's just that thing of where there's always going to be uh, all, all you need is just dogs with it, and then being in a close environment, and then all of a sudden, bang, you've got it. Hey, from a um, as a uh, a question, um, you know, uh, um, what what are, what are you saying? Like a um, far away, um, mate. Just yeah, far away. Um, what are your thoughts on doggy daycares? Like, do you Whoa. think that they're, um, you know, good, bad, indifferent, right for the right dogs? Could be you know, a bit of the Wild West as far as when it comes to, you know, the way they run. Yeah, not we're wow. not naming any names or anything like that. Wow. But, you know, just interested to, you know, sort of throw you under the bus a little bit. Yeah, in, what, in what's meant to be a uh, one of our shortened podcasts, <laughs> to drop a question like that. Wow. Look, uh it, uh, look, for, for some dogs, I'm sure uh, it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. Um, they're very social um, in those experiences. Um, I I was involved in the setup of a doggy daycare, doggy daycare many years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, just assessment of dogs going into there. And, and I think a lot of the stuff that I sort of implemented when I went and visited that place, maybe, you know, several years later, when I had chance had moved on from perhaps a, an, an identification of body language and separation of dogs that weren't calm and comfortable in, in environments to more of a, perhaps a use of, of certain, you know, spray bottles and that sort of thing, which is not, oh. not sort of, yeah, not, not ideal. So that's an experience certainly I've had. And I, I look, sometimes I do, Recommend it for some dogs if uh, if maybe there's a separation anxiety issue and the dog can't be left alone and, and it can help in those circumstances. But I do have a big worry that a lot of dogs get, if you're a nervous dog and you're put in a group with, you know, five other dogs in, a, in an enclosure and you've got nowhere to get away, yeah. it doesn't really doesn't provide a good experience for you it's kind of like you know uh you know i'll you want to go to the pub okay you can go to the pub but i'm going to send you to the the biker pub down the road yep. um and you're you're lewis the vet uh and and i'm going to chuck you in there and you got to hang out with those guys for, for the night and you're like well everyone's getting a bit rowdy a bit drunk and and uh yeah i'm, I'm not enjoying this <laughs> it's yeah not yeah like, it's yeah. my bag baby you're in the private booth, just tucked yeah. in the corner with your with your sarsaparilla, head you know, down, lemon head, bitters, and you're right. just going, "Oh, I'm I'm out of, out of my league here a little bit." Head down, that's right. Yeah, I'll have a, uh, can I have some some chips with a little bit of aioli, please? And yeah. just, you know, it's, it's not it's not really uh yeah. So, look in in a quick in a quick answer, uh, depends on the dog a little bit. Um, I do see people that are taking their dogs there that uh, that they're not enjoying at all, and I think. Yeah. Um, uh, what I do say to owners, I really like getting is actually a little bit of video, just a couple of minutes, uh, a minute length videos, maybe five, five, 60 second long videos over the day showing me, you know, the dog, um, what, what they're doing. Um, invariably some places I'll get five videos of the dog sleeping, which is not helpful. <laughs> 
Um, Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, or invariably I'll get, you know, some videos where I go, mm, yeah, that's things aren't going so well. So, wow. Answer that in, a, in quick time. That's hard, mate. Well, no, and I appreciate that because I I had a, um, a client recently whose dog, uh, you know, she'd always been a little bit on the anxious side, but then yeah. was at doggy daycare and apparently had um, one of the um, one of the biker dogs um, ju- jump <laughs> on her. And then after that, the just, you know, yes. yeah, turn, turn around and snapped. And then her overall um, anxiety just skyrocketed, you know. Yeah. And I said to the animal, I think what we're dealing with here is that your dog has had the – that the underlying anxiety that's been brewing there, brewing there, brewing there, and then something is catalyzed. And now she's gone, oh my goodness, now I just can't deal with anything. And so now suddenly it's hyper reactive to every noise, every yeah. dog, everything that's happening because it's had this one negative experience. So. And I think that's part of the difficulty is that the, possibly the people, some of the people that are involved, um, you know, the staff at those places are not, and not well versed at body language, particularly yes. and picking up those dogs that are nervous. So it's not until there's a fight that occurs, they go, Oh, your dog's not allowed to come to doggy daycare anymore. Yeah. That might be six months down the track of the dog being absolutely petrified at doggy daycare sort of, you know? And, and so, um, yeah, look, yeah, mixed messages. there, definitely mixed, mixed thoughts. Right. Not all right. good. Yes, yeah. but, but shout out to our friends, of the podcast, all <laughs> People in their doggy daycares. Oh, yeah. well, and I there. guess that's maybe that's a topic for another day. Questions to ask your doggy daycare place. Yeah, or video. Send them, or videos. Some video. Yes, video is yeah. quite good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but but if you if your dog is going to doggy daycare and uh, and you know you think they might be a little bit anxious, certainly we've got some great Zilkeen product that uh, help with those mild anxieties. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily every time you go to doggy daycare but you know if you've got a dog with mild anxieties or a cat um yes. certainly zilkeen is is a great product it's it's milk derived milk based um, i think it'll take a lot of zilkeen if your cat's going to doggy daycare to try and settle it down i'll be honest with you you know that'll be a, be a a lot of zilkeen to try and settle down a cat at doggy daycare that's that's a very good point definitely but i had a uh, had a dog uh, going over to tassie uh, this week and um owners are worried about how it would cope with um with all the noise like of the, the boats and everything, and, the yeah, boat, the transport yeah. Yeah, on the boat. So uh, we we said, let's try some Zilkeen and um, and news news back that actually cope pretty well. So nice. There Very we good. go. Yeah, and uh, also thank you to Delicate Care. Absolutely, yes. The Australian made, Australian owned uh, a, a product of um, of food. They've got a great range, particularly uh, the ones that we really enjoy: the uh, sensitive skin and stomach, the novel protein diets with kangaroo and duck. Um, great for uh, for skin uh, related uh, or food related skin allergies and gut problems. Also got they got dental diets, got weight management, mobility support. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of great range there. Comes over from Perth, you know, uh, a premium again. Gowan doesn't mind shipping it out of Western Australia, regardless of COVID restrictions. So go and talk to your vet if you're looking for a, uh, a great diet. If your dog's got a little bit, dog or cat, got a little bit of skin itchy problems or some gut issues, and you want to give a novel protein diet a try, or even just to talk about the rest of their range, Delicate Care, we uh, strongly recommend it. Exactly. I'm having actually brekkie with uh, with Andre from Delicate Care on Monday. So uh, oh wow, and, and there you go. Well, stay tuned. There apparently there's some big news in the works. So stay tuned, listeners, for that. And Robbie, I'll I'll tell you. Oh, oh mate, yeah, yeah. Just 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 grab me a croissant, would you? And just just stick it in the mail. Get Andre to get Andre to send me a croissant. It'd be terrific. Very nice. A nice and kangaroo also, croissant. Yeah. And also thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we certainly do appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Uh, Go to go to yeah. patreon.com and search for two vets talk bets and you can join and help to uh help to 
keep us keep this fun stuff going. Yeah, excellent, mate. So, what do you got in the news this week? So, I'm not sure whether or not you're across the um, the new uh, osteoarthritis treatment that's uh, recently become available in Australia. I did hear about this. Yes, uh, the name escapes me though. Yeah, Galaprant. Right. Yes, Galaprant. Yeah, I, right. I I only came across it because I got a um the circular email from friend of the show, Dr. Clint Udelman, who um, right. who sent sent it out saying, oh, there's this new anti-inflammatory that's just been registered. Cause it's been like most things, it's been available in the northern hemisphere for you know quite a long time before it actually makes it makes it all the way down here. But um yeah, it's only recently been uh been uh, been registered, and so we've got we've got some of it in to try just this week on a couple of uh, select patients. So the um it's a it's a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, but it's what they call a non-cox inhibiting non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. Right. So okay. What does that mean? So to give everyone a little bit of background on that, like we all know the the common um, uh, COX inhibiting uh, anti-inflammatory, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, aspirin is is one. Not that we use much of that in dogs and cats, but that is what it's in that class of. The dog and cat world, we use a lot of carprofen and meloxicam, and there's you know all the other you know. Yep. Iterations, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, you know, things that are on the shelf. And so the way they work is they actually block what's called the, the, the Cox um, cyclooxygenase enzyme, which leads to the production of prostaglandin, which is one of the inflammatory mediators um, to do with arthritis. But the problem is, is that that also has effects elsewhere in the body. So that's why you can get gut problems and kidney problems potentially with the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So what the Galaprant does, Galaprant is it blocks one of the receptors rather than blocks the enzyme. So what right. it does is it blocks one of the prostaglandins. So the, your body still produces the prostaglandin. So in theory, it's going to be better for potentially better for dogs if they've got kidney issues than what the, the COX inhibiting uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are going to be. So um, the, the case I had during the week was a greyhound that's got dubious kidneys that's had yes. Um, that's been in a bit of pain. We've been really struggling trying to get her um, get her analgesia sorted out because we don't really want to use the anti-inflammatories, but we also, you know, we're not getting much success with gabapentin and amantadines and things like that. So, and I scratched my head and I said, you know what? I just received an email from my mate Clint that told me about this stuff. Let me get some in and let's give it a shot. So, I shall report back next week. Right. She's got two weeks of it. So she's coming back in again next week. So I'll let you know whether or not it seemed to have helped her out. So Clint Yuldeman, friend of the podcast, was he a, um, a internal medicine specialist? Is he a big fan of it or he's just sort of, he just, he just said, here it? it is, you know, yeah. do your own, you know, draw your own conclusions. It's more of a, an, an informative thing rather than saying that he's, you know, likes it or dislikes it. Right. So that's a mix of reviews. I think certainly is my impression. There's a little yeah. bit of face, Facebook chat about it. Oh, as and, in uh, e- effectiveness or, yes, effectiveness. or side effects. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Effectiveness. So anyway, good to know how it goes, mate. Keeps, but it's, but it's out there. So, you know, given, given that, you know, if, if, if some people think that we're not gritty enough and that we need to come up with some more information, <laughs> about what's going on that's something from from the coal face right excellent all right well let's go on the disclaimer i reckon let's yep. say if we're going to go grit let's yep. go disclaimer you got all it? advice on the show is generally nature so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet uh we do our best to provide the most up-to-date information but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any more clarification or if you think we need more grit some true grit yeah or more time or more time yeah there is that. Running, some, some people sure. might think we need less time yeah, oh, that's true. Just more grit, less time. Yeah. <laughs> we need now to improve got... our grit to time ratio. 
<laughs> you got uh, something uh, or oh, something. This is gritty, mate. This is this is this is, this this is gritty. Is, this yeah, is changing this will, the. This, this is kept... this is again hot off the uh, hot off the presses here. So yeah, yeah. um so here in Victoria that we've got the Victorian um practitioners registration board of Victoria or the vet board. They're the ones that yeah we have to register with, and they're the ones that we worry are going to yell at us if we do something wrong, and you know and, and we become their doctor doctor X Y or Z in their uh, uh in their oh, in their monthly yes. bulletins when they're the anonymous. Doctor, Yes, yeah, the, the anonymous, anonymous doctor, doctor gets called in and that that had the argument with a client about yes, the dog yeah, off yeah, that, lead. That, that, that rang them up and said, "Here, I want you to talk to this person that uh, that that's dogs just died, you know." And they, yeah. they, they, you know, Doc Doctor K has been found to have, uh, you, know, you know, performed a, it's a misconduct, professional yes. misconduct of yes. a misdemeanor nature. Needs um, to do a bit more CPD, maybe some more crystal therapy courses. Definitely, yes. yes. Yeah, if you're going to be calling yourself a crystal therapist, because you can't call yourself a crystal specialist, given that you know the Vic Vet Board they won't let you do that. Oh, but you no. can call yourself a crystal therapist. I'm sure. Yes. yes. Um, so the there's been a lot of talk lately about the um, responsible use of antibiotics. Um, yes. You know, the, yep. the, the one health uh, situation of where you know, we're seeing resistance to our antibiotics and new right. antibiotics don't come along every now and again. And it's good to have antibiotics because that's part of the reason why we all get to live as long as what we do. But if we yes. don't, uh, if we don't be careful with them, well, then they're going to become resistant and then they're going to become useless. So, yep. um, and certainly from the human side of things, they really dislike the fact that vets have as much access to as many antibiotics as what we do, because they think that we can't be trusted with it. So, um, and I guess there's sort of different variations of that, you know, between the the dogs and cats side of things to then the production animal side of things, where then you've got the, the risks of, antibiotics making it into the food chain and with withholding periods and things but then the real intense production ones like pigs and chickens and and fish and things like that where it's basically just bags and bags and bags of antibiotic powder going into in into feeds that's yeah pretty scary stuff do you remember those i don't know at uni when you went through uni how it was like this antibiotic causes chickens to grow faster this antibody makes pigs have better back fat and stuff like that it's like wow that's so archaic now isn't it Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the, I guess the training that we were given that got us to this point where now we go, Oh, hang on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get the, we get the big finger shaking at us to say, right, well, you guys need to need to pull your socks up. And so get, get um, the beach to go finger shaking at us, shaking us. Eh? I think it was, I think it was, I think it was less shaking and more, more, more sort of, you know, sort of just inserting less the, 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 less the, the goey digit. More I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Isaac Quain or <laughs> fiber content is to whether it's gritty or not. But anyway, so the Vic Vet Board, they um they often go through and they redo their guidelines. So we've got a, they send us out a nice big booklet with lots of guidelines where they tell us about different things that we should and shouldn't be doing. Have and you so the, have you read that, mate? That's excellent. Good on you. That's great. Must be the only vet in the whole of Victoria who's actually gone. Yeah, I might read those. Well, I actually um the only reason why I've even <laughs> Not one of the many reasons of why I've read it was because yes, uh, me like too. A, yeah, a colleague of mine actually um, sent a message around to um, to a group of us that um, that own practices saying, "Has anyone got a, uh, a a prescribing guideline on the wall as per what the Vic Vet Board say that we need now need to have?" And I go, 
Uh, uh, of course we do. Yeah, yeah, hang on a sec. So, so I thought, geez, I better get on and have a look and see what's um, what's going on. So, guideline fifteen of these new guidelines that the Vic Vet Board have put out um, is is titled "Responsible Su- Supply and Use of Antibiotics." So, it goes on to a professional conduct under this guideline is demonstrated by the following: fifteen point one, a veterinary practitioner maintains current knowledge of issues related to antimicrobial resistance. A by undertaking training or other continuous professional development at least every three years. Well, that's something that we often need to do um, anyway, but to say that we need to be doing it relating to antimicrobial resistance is is an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Would would listening to our podcast considered to be CPD for all those vets listening out there, we're keeping you up to date and you can, if you get, Hold in front of the vet board. Just say, "Look, I listened to episode one fifty three, and uh, and, and I listened to it over and over and over yeah, again. So I listened once, to it twice. Once so it was one of their shorter ones. Well, once every three years is all it needs, oh, really. It by needs. The sound of it. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was right. an interesting, yeah. an interesting one. Um, fifteen point two, a veterinary practitioner supplies and uses antibiotics in a manner consistent with current Australian veterinary professional codes of practice and policies. So, you know, it only use antibiotics if you need it, and don't use antibiotics if you don't need it. I guess is yeah. the, uh, the the one for that. But you know, well, the, current the ge- generation cascade, isn't it? You use a first generation antibiotic. Before you use the third generation, is that is that what they're talking about? Some of like that. Oh well, also also the the old um, you know, not all bugs need drugs. Oh yeah, you know, thing, oh, yeah, thing yeah. too of you know that if you if you don't need it, don't don't use it. You know, there there, yeah. there are certainly like you know we're talking before about the um the infectious canine cough that the vast majority of those don't need antibiotics yeah. because they're going to get better themselves anyway. You know, suppress the cough, keep an eye on them, and if it seems like they need them, then put them on it. Um, and a classic one is your cat castrate needs a good shot of long acting penicillin, doesn't it, mate? Well. Gee whiz, yeah, I, I remember Those again. Are the days. Like I was t- saying to um, to, saying to young Sean, you know, our, our new grad about when I first graduated, that um, you know, uh, we back then we didn't use pain relief, you know, yeah. like the you know the yeah. the pre med was ace promazine and atropine, so that the heart rate stayed up to make us feel better because they didn't go on a drip. Um, we didn't really have a, a an injectable non steroidal, especially for cats that we could use. Um, you know, we'd only just started um, bringing in uh, the use of opiates, and um, yeah, but what they did get is they got a nice shot of long acting penicillin to try and yes. help them out again to make us feel better. And Incredible. now I don't even use it for most dentals. I don't use antibiotics no. for most dentals unless no, they're actual infection in the in the bones so yeah yeah no spot on mate yeah no i'll try and avoid as much as i can 15.3 a veterinary practitioner has developed and or has available and complies with a written protocol describing prudent and responsible use of antibiotics which directs their supply and use of antibiotics okay so right. you need to of course, have that's it in the av- that's that's in the filing cabinet yep well, well thankfully yeah. I've, I've found not- a um there's a, a the department of um department of ag have done a nice little pdf that you can print out and then just blue tack that on the wall so we can yeah. say yes thank you very much vic vet board there it is it's um, in the filing cabinet under a for us antibiotics <laughs> yeah. yes, antibiotics yeah. yes yes Good. yes 15.4. Unfortunately, it's behind all the antibiotics in the drawer. So you've got to go past all the antibiotics and prescribe all those and then get to the one where it says don't use antibiotics. Uh, 15.4. A veterinary practitioner responds in a timely and substantive manner to a formal request from the board for information which demonstrates their supply and use of antibiotics minimizes AMR. 
So wow. show us Heck. that. Show us from your records that you're actually not prescribing and yeah, that you're not giving animals long-acting antibiotics when you don't need to be. Wow. Um, okay. And a veterinary practitioner does not supply, use, or administer antibiotics without the prior establishment of a veterinary practitioner-owner-animal relationship. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's for your production animals, I guess, isn't it, in a way, yeah. perhaps more so than us? Yes. Yeah, don't just so, dish it out to the farmer. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The, the, so so that oh, should be, yeah, the, far, the farmer doesn't just get to come in and decide which animals get to get the antibiotics or not, mm. but it's got to be the vet that's 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 judging it. Yeah, so, sheep, so, got, yeah. sheep got foot rot or, you know, something like that. He has some antibiotics. Got to go out and look at them. Yes, mm. yeah. So while a little bit dry, but it's something that's, um, you know, it's something to be thinking about when – you're going to your vet and your vet says, you know what, we actually don't need to use antibiotics for this, or we're going to see what's going to happen for two days because your, your, your pet doesn't have a temperature. And, you know, I think the signs aren't too bad, but we're not going to treat with antibiotics. But if these things aren't getting better, then yes, come back in and see us again and we'll get started because this is, I think a lot of the problems with um, uh, over-prescribing of antibiotics by vets comes down to the perceived expectation from clients that if we don't send them home with antibiotics, that nothing's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that that's not just us two, that's doctors as well. I think, you know, oh, I've got yeah. a sore throat, had a sore throat for days. Oh, must be tonsillitis, you know, need some antibiotics. So, I mean, there's pressure to us and there's pressure to them um, and there must be pressure out in large animal Vets as well, I imagine more so perhaps than perhaps what we say. Who knows? Absolutely, yeah, because it's going to be yeah. more difficult for them because they, so, yeah, if you've got sixty sheep with foot rot, you know, it's you know, how do you get the vet to come out and look at that? You know, unfortunately, the poor sheepies are probably not you know worth enough money to get the vet out to look and go, yep, foot rot, foot rot, foot rot, foot isn't rot, and hit them all with it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, good to hear, mate. So uh, good to hear we're up to date at our clinic. So anyone from the <laughs> From the vet board that's uh, that's listens to the podcast, welcome. Yes, you're, you're always friends of the the podcast, uh, the vet board, and uh, and uh, good to know that our clinic is um is compliant. Uh, is, is compliant. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And also that we're helping others be compliant with our three yearly update to listen to for your CPD. That's right. Yes. Just remember episode one hundred and fifty three. Just write that's it down. Right. Wait, can we send it, send everyone out a certificate, Lewis, for when they've actually Great listened idea. to it. Yeah, and then they can put that up. Yeah, yep. I've listened to episode 153 of the Two Vets Talk Vets podcast, and therefore yep. I am compliant with the Vic Vet Board's guidelines 15 on the responsible supply and use of antibiotics. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Now, we've got some uh, we've got some mailbag this week. But oh, I yes. put it off, Drickin. How are you going for time there? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we got to <clears> – <throat> this is from uh, Cloudy. Hey, Robbie and Lewis. A friend of mine has a new puppy. And mentioned that one of the exercises the puppy school she's attending to attending does is pass the puppy. Oh, I thought this exercise was no longer considered a good idea, but struggled to find research to confirm this. What do you What do you both think about this exercise? Thanks, Claudia. P.S. Loved seeing you both at Flynn's Walk. Yes. And, and could you please going to come back on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you know, etc., yeah, etc. Et Deb yeah. on the podcast a bit yes. more, please. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Uh, now, do you know past the puppy? Do you know what she's talking about, mate? You got an idea? So it's an exercise where um, you know, uh, the, there's music sort of playing, um, and and you know, you're sitting in a circle. Yep, yep. Pass the puppy around. When the music stops in your lap, you yep. unwrap one layer of the puppy. The puppy. Yep. Yeah, and, and you, you had the, the Freddo frog. You get a then, little lolly, and yep. then you pass it on, and and it keeps going around. And the person who ends up 
at the end with the puppy gets to take it home. Gets to take the puppy home. Wow. Yes. Yeah, Excellent. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. But it is kind of like that, really. I think I think you all sit in a circle and uh, everyone's got their own puppy on their lap. Yep. And then the idea is you pass your puppy to the right or to the left. And so everyone gets a, a new, uh, new, in inverted commas, puppy um, in their lap. Um, yeah, right. Cloudy is, and the aim is, or was, when it used to be recommended, is to desensitize the puppy to be handled by lots of different people, make yeah. it comfortable, happy to go to other people, you know, um, you know, make 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 them, uh, yeah, just happy to go. And, to and in that socialization, early socialization yeah. period of where they don't have hangups, and so then they don't see as going to someone different being a weird and scary prospect, which it is. It is really it is, is especially in puppy class where yeah. you're in a different place with all these other dogs. That's and- right. And and often the puppies are already timid when they're when they you know uh, yeah there's a lot of scared and timid puppies that are at puppy school um and and it's a new environment um, there's lots of puppies around and essentially what can happen is you're actually using a technique called flooding right uh, where putting is, isn't puppy- that what um the uh, the coaches of the uh, the the mid you know the, the mid uh, noughts used to do isn't that what uh, Paul Ruse would do just flood the back line sorry this isn't gritty talk let's go back onto uh, the, let's go back, back onto to the, the grit. grit back to the yeah. dry but grit back onto that. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so it has a real, you know, you pass a puppy to some, it's already nervous in the, in the clinic or wherever, wherever puppy school is, you pass it to an unknown person actually becomes actually petrified. And, and if it doesn't get something enjoyable or gets to sit on that person's lap for a length of time until they're totally comfortable with that, which could be a quite a long time, Mm. you know, where they're sitting on your lap and you're perhaps you're trying to feed them treats and get them to think, oh, actually you are a really cool person. Happy to sitting with you, but then, oh, okay. It's a minute. On to the next one. Yeah. Move around. And so they're actually being flooded to be like, I'm actually really scared of this whole process that's going on. So, so yeah, they've got no option to to move away. Mm. If, you, if you're sort of sitting on sitting on someone's lap, there's no reward for being held by the stranger. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's like if you're going to the pub with a group of your mates again. And, uh, and with uh, your bikies again, and you get to sit exactly. on a different bikies lap each and, time. Exactly. And yeah, suddenly I'll pull you over to the bikies in there go, Robbie, you're sitting here, mate. Off you go. And I'll leave you. And you're like sitting, sitting on a ball bearings lap or whoever it is. And then <laughs> the master at arms lap. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, they, they hold on to you and they don't let you go. It's like, yeah. <laughs> they just pass you around. It's very, very scary. And just so, patting me really, really hard. Yeah. Go, He's a good boy. Then. Yeah, that's right. He's that's a right. good boy. You stay here, Stuart McGill. We'll, we'll hang on to you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, don't do it. I, it yeah. There is, it was something certainly was recommended years ago. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked to hear that some puppy schools are doing it and, and it's, it's, they're not doing it out of malice at all. They just no. think that's still, still the proper technique, which is really not what, what is a better option would be, um, you know, to allow one puppy down on the, on the ground at a time and allow them to approach the strangers mm. and the strangers give them food rewards while they've got their puppy sort of away from that puppy, if that makes sense. Or you put perhaps two puppies on the ground, you're really good monitoring your body language and you're allowing the puppies to, on their own terms, explore, go and say hello to other people and get rewarded with food rewards for approaching. That's a much better way. That way, if you've got the really timid puppy, they can go, oh, I just want to sit under the chair. Yeah. All right. You want to sit on the chair. We'll keep all the puppies up. You can sit under the chair for a while and we'll all encourage you to come out with a bit of food rewards. And then, okay, your, your few, few minutes is up. You can go back on your, your your owner's lap, and then we'll try with another puppy and that sort of thing. So it's a much better way than forcing the puppy to do something that's potentially really terrifying for them. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So, and it's similar, it similar goes for free for all play. I mean, that's probably something that's done it in some puppy schools. And we certainly used to part, you put down five puppies and go for it, guys. Yeah, Woo! Yeah. yeah. Puppy melee. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. Same sort of thing. You've got the, the terrified puppy that's, uh, that's sitting there. And then you've got the really rambunctious, bullying, you know, larger breed dog that's all over it. And it's just like rolling on its back and it's like just trying to get away. And everyone's like, oh, isn't it fun? That's great. Yeah. But that's really how they just, say hello. Yeah. No, that's, how, that's how one of them gets so crap scared that then it's well, like they hate dogs for the right. rest of its life. That's how they bully it. Uh, one's bullying each other because just taking taking total control. So, so again, with the free play stuff, I do prefer similar sort of uh, timidness, if that's a word. Puppies yep. perhaps have have a go together on the ground, you know, with with rewarding and and calling back to their owners if it's getting out of control, and just just taking it really gradually and slowly is, is a much better option. Going, let's go for it! Yeah, Woo! yeah. <laughs> so excellent question, Cloudy. Really, the Royal Rumble. Yes, that's yeah. right. Bring on the bikies. Bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> So if you've got a question like Cloudy and um, and you want an answer, uh, you can send two vets talk pets at gmail.com. We are on the social medias. Um, uh, the certain nurse who said we're greedy also said we're not on social media very much lately. And it's true because we are busy. Yes. But, um, if you do, and we're if old. Do, yes. If you do send us, well, we were good for a while there, but it yeah. sort of stopped off, didn't a little Then we got old. Yeah. Yeah. Older. And yeah. um yeah, so you can still find us on social medias. We are do check those if you've got a question. So, anyway, mate, what else you got? Is that it? That's it. That's it. Time to time to go and uh, put the baseball uniform on, pull up the, uh, the the high socks, and see if I can get a hit. Batter up! Hey, scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.